Happy hump day, happy Wednesday, happy Wednesday, happy midday, it is Wednesday. Monday, one day, Tuesday, two day, Wednesday, what? Thursday, Thursday! If you know what that iconic um, line is from, well then you are my people, but if you don't, then I highly suggest you watch Friends, the specific episode where Chandler's friend is back in town and Joey wants to get an audition for in a movie, for in a movie, for a movie. It's just iconic, and it's, you know, one of those hilarious episodes. I haven't watched it in some time, but I don't know why I was thinking about Friends. I, you know, often, it's a rotating sort of um, wheel of whatever, of what, what shows I'm thinking about at the time. But anyways, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It's I, Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture, here to bring you some stellar stories today. I believe I have five or six really good ones for you. I'm pretty sure it's five, but it might be six, but I think it's five. I hope you're all having a great week. I almost wasn't going to do an episode today because I am... Just, you know, so busy with stuff. But you know what? Even though I'm so busy, podcasting is my one true love. And I'm not going to, you know, just not do something because I'm busy and retired. I have to do it, you know? I like to have a goal. I'm trying to do five for five this week. And if I don't get to do five for five this week, then you know what? I'll do four for four. But that's okay. But I'm going to try and do five for five because that is my job as the Mr. of Pop Culture. Plus, there's a lot going on in the news in the world, in the world of pop culture. There's a lot going on in the real world. News too, i.e. like government stuff. But I'm not going to talk about that because that's honestly quite depressing. As we all know, because, you know, we're sort of inundated with political news and Omricon and Jomricon and Jungle Elio, blah, 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 all of it, all of it, all of it. Um, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to talk about, you know, everything going on that <clears throat> is a good distraction for, at least me. I hope it's a distraction for you, too. But, I mean, some people just don't care about pop culture. That's okay. I ain't gonna be offended. But, um, you know. But, uh, yeah. Not much to do since we last chatted. Shout out to Dialogue Cafe on Sunset Boulevard, which is literally right by where I live. They make literally the best burrito, breakfast burrito ever with egg, kielbasa, spicy ketchup, and hash browns. Chef's kiss so good. And I also had a mocha iced latte with almond milk. So good. I can't, I literally cannot go through an entire day or make through an entire day these days without at least two coffees, which is a sign of the times also, but it's also a sign of aging. Now, I do welcome aging, but not aging with a little uh, nip and tuck done, because we all need a little something-something done. I mean, there are some people who like to be au natural, but honey, I ain't one of those girlies. And if you are, if you choose to be au natural, then that's great for you, sissy. But it's not how I'm going to be. And, you know, I just implore everybody to try a little something-something out. Uh, but aside from that, I don't have much else to share. I hope you're all having a great week. And let's just get into the stories, because there's a lot to talk about, starting off with... Um, a Britney update, family drama, family saga. Tearful Jamie Lynn Spears says she, quote, loves sister Britney and the family rift. This is from page six. Now, we all know how Britney feels about her family, especially, you know, she's called out her mom, she's called out her dad, she's called out her sister, and... Oh, you know what? I'm going to amend my statement to this. I don't know if she's actually called out her sister, but I do know she's calling out family members for being mistreated, and she has every right to, and I think now that Britney's no longer under conservatorship... Girl can speak her truth, as she should, as everybody deserves to. But anyways, this is what Page Six is saying. Jamie Lynn Spears is addressing her rift with her sister Britney Spears in an emotional interview with Good Morning America on Wednesday. I love my sister, the 30-year-old, says a mere tears in a promo clip of the rare sit-down released Tuesday. ABC News journalist Juju Chang then points out, quote, but things have gotten complicated. I guess so, Jamie Lynn, address- Jamie Lynn dressed in a cream suit responds. The sneak peek also shows that Chang will ask what, quote, causes the rift between both sisters and what the, quote, things I should have said author regrets not saying. Jamie Lynn is speaking up now since her tell-all memoir is said to be released on January 18th. However, the book comes out just as a former Nickelodeon star in her... And Britney's parents, 
Jamie and Lynn Spears faced backlash for their alleged abusive behavior towards Britney Forty, the pop icon who was just freed in November from a conservatorship that controlled all aspects of her life for 13 years, said in a hearing back in June that she even wanted to sue her family. Quote, I couldn't, I really couldn't even take up for myself, Brittany told Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Brendan Penny at the time. Quote, I couldn't even have a conversation with my mom or dad. I was scared. She added, I'm not here to be anyone's slave. Jamie Lynn, in a particular in particular, excuse me, was criticized for not speaking up for her sister publicly while she was under legal constraints or helping to promote the, quote, Free Britney movement. However, the mother of two defended herself in an angry Instagram rant right after the bombshell court hearing, quote, I think it's extremely clear since the day I was born that I've only loved, adored, and supported my sister, Jamie Lynn previously said in a frustrated tone, quote, I mean, this is my freaking big sister before any of this bullshit. I don't care if she wants to run away to a rainforest and have a zillion babies in the middle of nowhere, or if she wants to come back and dominate the world the way she has so many times before, because I have nothing to gain or lose either way. Once Britney regained full control of her social media, the toxic singer let her fans in on her true feelings regarding her younger sister. In July, Britney blasted Jamie Lynn for remixing one of her own songs at the 2017 Radio Disney Music Awards without her permission and then dubbed her, quote, a mean ass. Ooh, that's, that, that's, I actually, I guess, I, that, I do remember Britney speaking out about Jamie Lynn, though. I wasn't making that up. Uh, I just didn't want to misspeak. She also later threw shade at the aspiring author over the title of her book, which was originally called, quote, I Must Confess, after Britney's 1998 debut song, Baby One More Time, Britney said in October that may the, quote, Lord have mercy on her family's souls if she ever did an interview herself. Jamie Lynn's interview will air in part on Good Morning America Wednesday morning, and the rest will be featured later that evening on Nightline. Well, this is very interesting. I mean, of course, Jamie Lynn has a right to speak. It's her life. It's her story. It's her narrative. But Britney also has a right to speak, and I think it's just going to be tough because everybody has different points of view. Everybody has different feelings. Of course, Britney is probably the most angriest, most angry of the entire family because she's the one under the conservatorship, the one who's basically silenced, as she should not have been, but she should have a right to be angry. That I understand. I, I mean, I personally believe that family stuff is really difficult. I think the easiest way, the easiest, I think the best way to maybe cope or, or, or sort of tackle this difficult family time is to get together in a room and hash it out privately. But Jamie Lynn has a public figure. She's very famous, and Britney's very famous, so she has a right to speak about it. But um, I'm just very curious what Britney's rebuttal and her response is going to be, or if she's even going to watch it at all. She may not watch it. Uh, but it is sad because... I'm a big fan of Britney. Obviously, I'm a bigger fan of Britney, but I love Jamie Lynn Spears too because I was a huge Zoe 101 fan. And I'm, you know, I'm a, a champion and cheerleader for our siblings getting along and everybody getting back together. But I hope time heals all wounds, as they say, and I hope this is just one of those instances. So we shall see. We shall see. Now, this brings us to our second story of the day. Our next two stories actually are Kardashian stories, which, you know, I, what, what is a day without a, a piece of Kardashian-Jenner news in the news? E! Online is reporting. Judge orders Kardashian Jenners to be deposed in Black China court case. Oh my gosh, I feel like I literally do not think about Black China in the Kardashians in a lawsuit. For some odd reason, I thought it was done, settled. You know, the jury or the judge, you know, slammed her gavel and said, off, off, off. But I guess it's not what, that's not what's happening here. Um, okay, so the article starts with uh, black bold letters titled, Update. Several members of the Kardashian-Jenner family will be deposed once again. According to the court documents obtained by E! News, Black China's legal team will be able to depose Chris, Kim, Chloe, and Kylie Jenner as part of an assault and battery lawsuit that her ex, Rob Kardashian, filed against her in September 2017. The court ruled against the family's motion to quash, quash the deposition subpoenas. However, the depositions will be limited to two hours for each member. Quote, China will be permitted to question all four individuals 
despite their objection to the trial court that they are, quote, too busy running billion-dollar companies to comply with China's subpoenas. Oh, man, the shade. I love it. Um, China's attorney, Lin Siani, said in a statement to E-News, quote, the trial court agreed with China that Chris, Kim, Chloe, and Kylie are not above the law, and they must respond under oath to questions by our attorney. E-News has reached out to the attorneys for Kardashian Jenners, but has not heard back. Rob Kardashian's legal battle began with Black China. I'm sorry, Rob Kardashian's legal battle with Black China continues to be a family affair. As of February 2022, trial looms of Rob's assault and battery allegations against his former fiance, the mother of his young daughter, Dream Kardashian, has subpoenaed other members of the Kardashian Jenner family to sit for further depositions as part of the defense strategy, which is the original article. I have many, many thoughts about this. First and foremost, I wonder, I mean, I, okay, it's complicated. I'm going to try and word this in the most kind, loving way. The best thing to come out of this whole scenario is, of course, Rob and China's daughter, Dream. A beautiful, beautiful girl, miracle, you know, just a doll. Love it. But I wonder between Rob and China, obviously this is a very difficult time. It probably makes parenting very difficult. I can't even imagine. I mean, this is one of the many reasons why I don't want to get married because, you know, divorce and separation and domestic partnerships are very, very difficult, complex, choppy waters. Something that I definitely don't think you can, you have to have a really strong stomach for that type of uh, situation, which not many people do. I mean, I think I do. I'm pretty strong, but I don't think I could deal with that. What I wonder is with the sisters and Chris. Now, Chris is Rob's mother, so obviously she's going to love him regardless, and she's probably well aware of what's going on. But I do wonder if Kim, Chris, and Kylie, uh, obviously Courtney and Kendall are not mentioned, if they get, if they're mad, if they hold this against Rob. Again, not against Shane, but against Rob, that Rob, you know, got involved with China, which the whole sort of origin of their relationship is just so freaking complicated. Um... And obviously, we've seen in past episodes, like, what what sort of comes to mind right away is that really, really painful episode of an earlier Kardashian season when they're all sitting in therapy with Rob, and Kim is really harsh on Rob, and Chloe and Courtney are there, obviously, Courtney's getting really emotional, Chloe's really stoic and, you know, composed, but Chris and Kim, well, Kim gets angry at the therapist and is like, this is such bullshit, you know, why, why is he getting upset that we're successful? It, it's just... It, I just can only imagine how difficult this must be behind closed doors. I wonder if it's even going to be brought up on the Hulu show. I mean, they have so much history, Rob and China, that I don't know if they even bring it, touch upon it on the show because I know, obviously, that then it would be leveraged for China to go use as, you know, whatever. So I just feel really bad, but it um, it's really interesting, and I, I, I wonder what the girls' reaction to it because it is something probably none of us will ever get to find out because it's probably the one thing that they're not going to talk about and probably Kanye's stuff, too. But we'll see. But speaking of the very, very famous family, uh, TMZ is reporting Kim Kardashian is cool with Kanye and Julia dating, rather deal with a fan than hater. As you all know, Kanye is dating Julia Fox, an actress who, you know, famously, is a, or, or now famously, is um, a big fan of the girls, which is great. And I guess Kim's cool with that. Um, Kim Kardashian's got no beef with Kanye. Dating actress Julia Fox naturally believes the fact that Julia's a huge fan of the Kardashian family could be a good sign of things to come in co-parenting with Kanye. Well, I don't know. This is from TMZ, and we all know Kris Jenner and TMZ are, you know. So I'm actually going to believe what they're saying here. Because I don't think TMZ would just report this just for no reason. Because they're pretty spot on in their uh, pop culture journalism. Um... Sources close to Kim tell TMZ she's happy to see Kanye out smiling again and only wants to see him end up with a good person, something that's up to Kanye to figure out and not for Kim to judge. I love how open-minded Kim is. I mean, it makes sense. She's just the best. 
As you know, Julia has raved about the Kardashian family, calling herself a, quote, diehard fan of Keeping Up. TMZ sources say, in Kim's eyes, the fact that Julia admires her is a good thing. And if, Ju- if her relationship with Ye continues to grow and Julia comes around the kids, it'll make co-parenting easier if everyone gets along. That's very true. Um, TMZ is told Kim has fully moved on from her romantic relationship with Kanye and positive vibes are all she wants from her estranged hubby. Of course, Kim's been having plenty of fun of her own with Pete Davidson. Most recently, they were in the Bahamas with friends. And before that, they rendezvous in Palm Springs and enjoyed, a, enjoyed private dinners in NYC and L.A. Meanwhile, Kanye and Julia have put on quite the display, hitting up a paparazzi hotspot in L.A. Monday night with a dinner at Craig's with ex-NFL star Antonio Brown. Well, Craig's is literally right by where I live, so... And there's a photo here of Kanye and Julia arriving. Okay, I, I if Kim gives this the seal of her approval, then that, to me, and I think everybody, for everybody, should be great. Because if Kim really wants him to be happy, I mean, Kanye has just as much of a right to date anyone he wants, just as, as much as Kim does. And Kim is in a very happy relationship. Um, allegedly, she's like, she'll never address it. And Kanye deserves the same. And I think this girl, I think she's really cool. I like the, you know, stuff that's come out about her. She's obviously very beautiful. And, you know, Kanye is, is so well-known for, you know, uh, dolling up his gals, you know, dressing them up. And I'm sure, you know, it must be so much fun. I mean, even for anyone, it'd be so cool to have someone just, like, get you access to racks and racks of the most fabulous designers in the world. How fun. So, yeah, but if Kim's okay with this, and Kim, I think she's absolutely right. If You know, why you would want someone who is obviously a fan over somebody who, like, didn't wish you, wish, wished, like, ill will on you, you know, I... I uh, I think it's great. So only positive thoughts for this couple because they're iconic. They will be iconic, I should say. And she was great on Cut Gems. I love that movie so much. Just with Adam Sandler. Okay. This brings us to our fourth story of the day. And it's in the New York Post, which is, you know, from time to time I dibble and dabble there. Andrew Garfield, quote, I was told I wasn't handsome enough for Narnia films. Okay. If there's something... I mean, as you know me, I am a TV, film, massive, massive fan. I, I spend quite a bit of time at home. I love watching movies in the evening and night and day. And when I'm in the shower, I usually play something. Actually, when I'm in the shower, I usually listen to Juicy Scoop Podcast, which is literally my favorite podcast ever. Shout out to Heather McDonald, who is literally iconic. But I love movies and TV so much. So, so, so much. Um, and the Narnia films, well... The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's literally one of the most cherished books from my childhood. And I love the movie so much with Tilda Swinton. She plays um, the queen of Narnia, and I, uh, Liam Neeson is, the, uh, is Aslan. And the cast is so good. It, it's just like, it's such a good movie. And it's, I think it's on HBO Max. It's, it's on one of the streamers. I, th- oh, I don't know right now because I haven't, I haven't watched it in some time. It's usually a holiday film, but I, I, I love it so much. And I don't know who, I guess Andrew Garfield might have not, might have wanted to be in the films, but I don't know. But let's read it and we'll discuss. Andrew Garfield has pa- was passed over in favor of another British actor uh, for the role of Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia, the film series. Oh, Garfield 38 admitted entertainment tonight that he was actually in the running to play the mystical royal, a role that ultimately went to Ben Barnes, who I love Ben Barnes. And Ben Barnes is very good looking, but also Ben Barnes... Um, was in the first season of Westworld. He played the young Ed Harris. Oh, iconic. Um, 
The Amazing Spider-Man actor said that he was, quote, desperate to join the franchise based on C.S. Lewis' famed fantasy book series. However, the casting team reportedly believed that Garfield wasn't good-looking enough for the part, which is so crazy because the first thing I thought when I saw Andrew Garfield in Spider-Man No Way Home was I was like, oh, spoiler. When I saw Andrew Garfield in that movie, I was like, damn, he's fine. But also when I watched Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, I was like, damn, this man is handsome. Like, no wonder why I got the part. Arguably more handsome than Toby, but I love Toby. Toby's cute, Andrew Garfield's a stud, and um, Tom Holland is... He's cute. He's too young. He's, you know, he's, he's like a Gen Zer. He's too young for me. The Amazing Spider-Man actor already read that paragraph. Quote, I remember I was so desperate. I auditioned for Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia, and I thought this could be it. This could be it. That's so funny. Little did he know what was around the corner. Um, Garfield told E.T. in a 27 interview about the 2008 film. Um, Garfield then asked his agent why he didn't get the coveted role. He recalled, why not me? She eventually just broke under my incessant nagging and was like, it's because they don't think you're handsome enough, Andrew Garfield revealed. Um, Ben Barnes is a very handsome, talented man, he noted. So in retrospect, I'm not unhappy with the decision, and I think he did a beautiful job. Love actors supporting other actors, but also, at least Andrew Garfield's agent was honest and was like, this is what they said. It's what they said, not what she probably, or he said. Now listen, you're probably thinking, how could the agent, like, relay that kind of news? And it's almost like Joey Tribbiani's agent and friends. Joey, you gotta audition! I loved Estelle. I can't even remember Estelle's name, who was Joey's manager, fictional manager on Friends, yet, like, I can't even remember who this, like, 15th president of the United States was. Like, clearly my priorities are in pop culture. Um, anyways, I digress. Um, you're probably thinking, I can't believe Andrew Garfield's agent said that, but that's the business, you know, it's a really, really shitty business. People are just harsh, and so much about looks and popularity and numbers, and yeah, we've come a long way, but it is what it is. But I'm really happy for Andrew Garfield's success. I love Ben Barnes. Ben Barnes is successful too, but arguably Andrew Garfield is like a megastar. So look what happened, Mr. Garfield. I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom yet, but I see a lot of videos about it on TikTok. It's like one musical performance with Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hutchins, which literally I love that Vanessa Hutchins is just a queen out here doing musical after musical after musical. Good for her, which she should, because after playing Gabriela Montez in the coveted high school musical series, it makes sense why she's out here performing. So good for her. Okay, this brings us to our one, two, three, four, fifth and final story of the day. Uh, obviously, we're still reeling and gutted over the tragedy and the passing of comedian and uh, TV star, overall star, Bob Saget. Um, but Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, host Jimmy Kimmel did a beautiful tribute and really, um, you know, let his feelings out. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel breaks down in tears during moving tribute to Bob Saget. This is from E! Online. Jimmy Kimmel honored Bob Saget's legacy with a touching trip down memory lane. Before allowing audiences into the studio for Jimmy Kimmel Live on January 10th, the late night host spoke directly into the camera and delivered a moving tribute to his friend while reflecting on all the messages people sent following the actor's unexpected death over the weekend. Kimmel noted how the word, quote, sweetest came up time and time again. Quote, the reason people wrote that is because it's true. He said, it's the best word. If you had to pick one word to describe him, that was it. Sweetest. I have so many wonderful, I have so many wonderfully kind and supportive texts and emails, calls from Bob. He always had a compliment. He would write sometimes just to tell me he loved me, and I know he did that for many people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kimmel also took a moment to remember Saget's humor. Quote, he was so funny, he continued. And I'm not talking about Full House or America's Funniest Home Videos or stand-up comedy or movies. I mean funny for real. Like when you walked into a party and you saw Bob and his wife Kelly in the corner, you'd go straight to them and stay for as long as you could because he had something funny to say about everything and nothing bad to say about anyone. Never. There were people he didn't like. He, he kept it to himself. Unlike me, he was a good person. 
I mean, that's wonderful to read. Um, in addition, Kim will discuss how, uh, discuss the work Sackett did with organizations like the, um, a lot of research foundations. Bob's sister, Gay, died when she was 47. He also lost his sister, Andrea, to a brain aneurysm. Sackett joined uh, the Research Foundation's Board of Directors in 2003. Quote, he was very committed to finding a cure for this incurable disease that took his sister's life, Kimmel said, and I know if you want to remember him, there's nothing he would appreciate more than your support for SRF. Looking back at his memory, many email exchanges with Saget, Kimmel said that while some of them were funny, others were more serious, including the messages in which they wrote about life, the well-being of their children, and how hard it is to appreciate one of those without the other being just right. He then shared one email from Saget that read, quote, One night soon, let's go out and have some meat and some good damn drinks and talk about how lucky we are that we have them. Kimmel noted that they, quote, did do that many times, and he said Saget checked in on him when his son Billy was in the hospital. The host then sent his love to Saget's daughters, Aubrey, Jennifer, and Lara, whom the Raising Dad alum welcomed with ex-wife Sherry Kramer and to Rizzo, quote, He was very kind to everyone, Kimmel added, and he had no problem telling you that he loved you and what you meant to him. So, so much of what I've been reading is incredibly warm and, and just loving tributes to Bob about what a good person. And I think that's the that's the kind of example that everybody should want to be for their children, for their friends, for their peers, for their fans, is you can be so famous and so successful, but a good being a good person in, in someone's passing, that's what people are remembering. And that's just living proof. It's always important to be a good person, kind, humble, loving, and just, you know, making people feel good because that's what people remember, you know? Um, so wonderful, wonderful words, Jimmy Kimmel. And, um, you know, it was, it was wonderful to watch that. And it's so wonderful that you shared that. So thank you for that. Um, and that's our, that is our Wednesday episode, everybody. So thank you so much as always for tuning in, uh, to the show. I'm really grateful. I'm Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture. You can stream my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox Radio, iTunes, Podcast App on the iPhone, basically anywhere a podcast stream. Have a great Wednesday and I will be back with you guys tomorrow, Thirsty Thursday. Have a good one. Bye-bye.